Hey, listen, welcome to the Hey Listen Gamescast episode 53! We are here, it is episode 53, joining me once again, as always, the wonderful Rob Douglas. What's up, guys? How are you doing today, sir? Not too bad. Sun's shining, some good gaming stuff going on. You know yep. how it is, right after yep. E3. Yep. So today, we are going to be talking about our, um, kind of our gaming fails. The biggest challenge <laughs> we've ever faced, the worst bosses, etc. Um, and we're also going to be talking about the newly announced, uh, SNES Classic. Notice how I say SNES Classic and nothing else. That's very, very important. Rob. Yeah, this NES Classic... Yeah, so we're going to jump into it. It's just me and Rob again once this week. Um, Jeff just had his baby. I was playing Overwatch with him last night, and she was not having it. So he's still out on baby <laughs> duty, doing a good job being a new dad. So, But yeah, first news story of the night. Um, yesterday morning, Nintendo announced uh, that the SNES Classic... Um, would be coming September 29th. It's going to cost $80. There's 21 games um, included in, the list, in this list, including the never-before-released Star Fox 2. Um, kind of a crazy story with this game. Uh, Star Fox was made for the original SNES. Um, came out, I think, pretty to pretty good reception. Then they made yeah. Star Fox 2, the whole game. And then, I'm not sure. Do you know why they dropped it? Like, why they decided not to release Because they finished it, but they didn't ever release it's, it officially. It's completely... Or it was at least very close to being finished. Yeah. And I don't know if it was just a marketing thing, or if because they were moving away from the SNES at that point. Yeah, uh, I think you're I don't right. know if it was, like, a logistic thing. Like, they just decided that it wasn't worthwhile to put it out. But for whatever reason, it was not released, even though it was a com pretty much a complete game. Yeah. So they're releasing that for the first time ever, so that'll be really cool. That's in this. And then there's a bunch of other games. It's a really good list. Um, the NES Classic came out last year. It had 30 games. This one has 21, so not quite as many. And it's 20 bucks more. But it has a really, really good lineup. Um, highlights include uh, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, Mega Man X, Secret of Mana, um, Street Fighter 2 Turbo Hyper Fighting Edition, Super Castlevania 4, Super Mario World, Super Mario Kart, Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars, and what else? Anything other highlights that jumped out at you from the list? Uh, I mean, did you already say Donkey Kong Country? I did not. Donkey Kong Country's in the second Donkey Kong Country, which is widely held as the best by many Donkey Kong fans. Not a part of this package, which yeah. some people are upset about. Um, um, and also, I think a lot of people are upset about the fact that uh, Chrono Trigger is also not in this one. Yeah. Which was one of the, well, is highly regarded as one of the top three games on the SEN, the SNES. Yeah. Um, oh, Yes, the SNES, Rob, not the SNES. I was going to say SNSES, and then I realized <laughs> oh, I just God. changed it to SNES at the last second. Oh, man. 
No, but uh, Chrono uh, Trigger, a lot of people think that's like their favorite RPG of all time, right? Yeah, it's one of the yeah, it's one of the high, most highly regarded RPGs in the world ever. Yeah. So, uh, it's up there with like the first Final Fantasy and like um, you know, it's like the timeless classic RPGs from that era. Yeah. And so, I've assumed they just couldn't get the licensing right with it, like to be yeah. able to release it on this because the Nintendo didn't make it Square made it right yeah and uh, Square Enix is pretty uh, uh, they have a little bit of a tight lip when it comes to what games they allow to be on what things yeah yeah um, um, especially since they're, they're I mean like they're doing their big you know Final Fantasy 7 re- release and Kingdom yeah. Hearts stuff and so basically like the fact that Chrono Trigger is not on this is not surprising. Yeah. But it is, a, it is a loss. Yeah, for sure. I think the most surprising games for me, um, one of them is Yoshi's Island. A lot of people really love this game, but it's been hard to re-release like on Virtual Console and stuff like that because of the uh, Super FX chip that used it. Um, I think it was kind of hard to emulate. Um, but a lot of people think this is the best Yoshi game ever made, so I'm kind of yeah, excited yeah, to see true. that. Um, but have you overall, ever played it before? I haven't, no. I've seen like videos of people playing it and stuff like that, but I've never personally yeah. played it. Um, I didn't own a SNES. Um, I had a friend who did, but I never owned one. I had an NES, and then I went straight from NES to 64, so... Yeah. Um, I had a Sega Genesis during this era, and okay. so I had more of like, the Sonic and the... Uh, I had a game called Vector Man. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of those that. Kids know what that is. <laughs> uh, but so I I played NES and SNES over at friends' houses all the time. But yeah, and that I never really got a chance to play much of it. And yeah. so I was pretty excited to see some of these games on here. Um, I looked up why Star Fox Two was canceled, and I was right. Uh, one of the reasons why it was canceled was the imminent release of the Nintendo sixty four. And the desire to move to a 3D Star Fox game on the new console. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, we got Star Fox on Nintendo 64, which was incredible. Yeah, that makes sense. But um, overall, this is a great list of games. Um, couple, There's a couple, like, uh, I think we talked about in our chat, we were sad that uh, NBA Jam didn't make it, but... That was almost impossible due to the licensing of all the players and teams and stuff like that. That would be a really yeah. hard get. Um, oh, overall, yeah. it's a good list. Um, I know a lot of people think the Super Nintendo, think of it as their favorite console ever made. So I think a ton of it, people will pick this It's a favorite, up. yeah. Yeah, I, know, I think Kotaku said that it was their uh, most highly clicked on article within a certain time span. Um, in the last yeah. like two years, I think. So it's pretty well, crazy. Yeah, and what was it? Amazon was like, or was it Amazon or eBay or one of those, or not eBay? Uh, Amazon or like Best Buy or one of those big like branch ones was saying that their pages were being refreshed like hundreds and hundreds, like thousands and millions of times <laughs> a minute because everyone was trying to see it when the pre order would pop up. Yeah. So. Um, what do you think about the $80 price tag? I mean, we should... Um, uh, NES Classic was released for $60 yep. and had 30 games, while the SNES Classic is coming out with 21 games at $80. Uh, 
I think I'm okay with it because the the games that are on here, there's not as many, but they're also games that are a little bit meatier. Like their game, the yeah. It had, the SNES had a save system, so you can save your game and go back to it, stuff like that. The NES, except for a couple games like Zelda, didn't have a save system, so mm-hmm. um, you had to kind of speed it all in one turn and stuff like that. Versus these games, they're designed a little bit more to be played more like classic games where you get to a certain point, save, and then come back later and stuff like that. So I think I'll, I would spend more time playing the games on this versus the even though there's less of them so overall i'm okay with it as as long as it doesn't go up to like a hundred dollars i think it's super important that they came in under a hundred um yeah that's true so i think eighty dollars not too bad and you know i think the bigger question is everyone's so burned by the nes classic and how hard it was to get um like (laughs) you said like people are refreshing this page thousands maybe millions of times trying to pre-order and stuff like that nintendo said they're planning on having way more available than they had with the nes classic but i don't really know if they've learned their lesson and if i'm curious if we'll ever like see this on store shelves like will it be available to get for people who want it for christmas and stuff like that because the nes classic was never was I did see something earlier today, and there was an article, and I don't know if it was official Nintendo word of mouth, or if it was, like, a... I didn't investigate it more, uh-huh. uh, but someone somewhere said that they were only doing the SNES for 2017. Like, yeah, there'd be more to... units available, but it would be, once 2017 was over, they're gone. Yeah. No more. Yeah. I I can confirm <clears throat> that as true. Nintendo Mate said that in a statement, okay, basically. Yeah. They said, it's for 2017, kind of for the holiday season. It's nice it's coming out in September um, instead of November this time. So there'll be more time for it on the market. But they're like, basically, it's kind of just intended as a fun holiday gift. Our main, like, focus on platforms and stuff like that is Switch and 3DS that we're going to be continuing to support, etc. So... Yeah, and maybe we'll possibly eventually getting that little feature that we all are really desiring on a Switch virtual console. Yeah, I'd much rather be able to be like, oh yeah, I can play $4 for Zelda and Mario and Super Metroid and have that on my Switch rather than going out and buying a whole separate console. Um, it yeah. does look pretty cool, and it does come with two controllers this time, which I think is important because... The first one only, the NES Classic only came with one. So. Yeah. Alright. So, moving on. We got an inten- another Nintendo news story. Um, I didn't see this, but apparently <clears throat> Nintendo is asking people to call Mario's possessing ability capturing instead of possessing them. Is that right, <laughs> Rob? Yeah. So, I saw this article earlier on Games Radar, and there was this guy who put out like a. Uh, like, basically, he put out this picture, and it showed, you know, Kirby wearing the Mario hat and saying, Kirby is eating Mario, and then it showed another picture showing Mario with, or Kirby with Mario hat and a mustache, and it says, Kirby has been possessed by Mario, and he has under it, know the difference, you know, because Kirby's big thing was eating people and capturing their abilities, but Mario's big thing is basically possessing people in the new and upcoming Super Mario Odyssey. But Nintendo of America actually replied to this person's tweet and said, um, comma, actually he's been, quote, captured 
end quote by Mario. They don't want to get those, uh, like, Sam and Dean from, uh, <laughs> whatchamacallit, after them. You gotta... It's like, like it's time to perform an exorcist, Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> Take out the demons. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I honestly, I think I made quite a few jokes about the possessing ability of Mario when we first saw this. Yeah. Simply because, I mean, it does look like Mario is possessing these people. And, like, there actually is the disturbing moment in the trailer where he possesses a human being. Yeah. And you kind of go, wait, so Mario can possess people now. He can't capture them, Rob. He can't possess them. (laughs) So maybe the capturing is... uh, like kind of a PR thing, like you oh, don't want to sure have your main ability be possessing, but uh, yeah. it's still possessing. I mean, yeah. literally, it is Mario is going inside of these people and controlling them. So, <laughs> yeah. it's total PR thing. They don't want like them crazy preachers after after them. Um, <laughs> and I did see uh, <laughs> someone has already modded uh, Super Mario sixty four. Yeah. So that Mario can possess literally everything. That's so awesome. I saw him possessing like a bomb and like one of the rotating platforms on the first level and like he possessed a cannon, like the cannon cover. Not the cannon itself, like the cannon cover was floating along. Oh, like, really? you can possess literally everything in the game and probably a little glitchy simply because they basically what they probably did is they uh, loosed up the code so that you could, like, the main character was fluid. And yeah. So basically, you just connect, it just, like, magnetizes itself to any thing, and then that becomes the main character. Sure. So, sure. I mean, I don't, I don't know the exact, like, technical terms of it, but basically <laughs> it's really, it was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Totally impractical practical in that game. But hopefully in the new Mario Odyssey game, it's actually really cool and worthwhile. I think it just opens up a lot of options of how to play and stuff like that. So should yeah, be good. absolutely. All right. Um, and the last story, uh, I just saw this last week. Uh, E3, big game that came, that's being announced uh, was Skull and Bones, which was kind of the pirates uh, based off of Assassin's Creed for pirates with a little bit of the For Honor type multiplayer going on is how it's best been described. Um, you get to control your own ship, you're a pirate, you get to sail around with your buddies and blow up stuff and run away from the pirate hunters. Essentially, it's what every good pirate fan wants, <laughs> i.e. me. Our but letter. there was something announced recent, within this last week that said that they will have a story mode. Now, if that story mode means you can get off your ship, probably not. It's probably not going to be like Assassin's Creed 4 or even, like, the new upcoming game, Sea of Thieves. But there will be a story mode, and I'm sure it has stuff to do with, like, some famous pirates probably sailing around and having to beat different ships, upgrading your own personal ship, that sort of thing. Yeah. And so that is a, that's actually kind of exciting to me. I just hope they think about the story mode and do a good job with it, because I know um, you mentioned For Honor. That game technically has a story mode, but yep. I think you basically just go around defeating missions, and there's no like, there's no huge overarching or interesting story mode. Like, it just kind of yeah. loosely ties those missions together. So yeah, and I mean that would be my fear is yeah. that they would do this story mode as basically just a 
a For Honor type story mode. Yeah. But I'm also kind of hoping, but I, I have this hope that maybe they've learned from their mistakes they made on For Honor. Because yeah. it is Ubisoft. It is the same in-house type group, and they would know what their fellow developers had done, because I know mm-hmm. For Honor is actually done by a different group than this group. Yeah, it's a different uh, studio. But they would see that and be like, okay, so let's take what they did well and what they didn't do well and improve on that. Yeah. And so that's my hope for this game. I'm, I'm pretty excited. Uh, like last week we talked about what our uh, top games that we might buy in the next year or two would be, and this was one of mine. Um, yeah. I'm still hopeful. And until proven otherwise, I will still hold on to that. <laughs> Gosh. I mean, um, with For Honor, kind of that gives me hope is that it was, what, Samurai, Knights, and Vikings? Like, those yeah. three races never really clashed or came together in real life, so they kind of had to make it up on the fly. Yeah. Versus Pirates, there That's is a lot of cool play. lore and storytelling you can do that already yeah. exists as legends and history and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, uh, Harold Hadrada did, you know, his bridge. Uh-huh. The Vikings sort of met knights at that point. But that would be, like, the closest we ever got to, like, a knights and Vikings and samurai. Yeah. And that's a huge stretch. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think it's, if they could pull together, like, the different type of pirates and the different types of ships and really build on classes because they already announced that there are different classes of ships mm-hmm. if they could really build on that and make that really interesting the story mm-hmm. as well as some enjoyable characters that really hold our attention and really want us you know we really want to play with these characters i think it would be good yeah. but yeah we'll, we'll keep see. you updated guys we'll see what happens. <laughs> i just wish you could could get off the ship or control like an actual pirate instead of just the ship yep me too all right cool so that's our news for the week um we're gonna move on and talk about our biggest fails the hardest bosses we've ever faced um and just kind of our struggles playing video games (laughs) um if you guys don't know myself and also rob we're not the best video game players we have a ton of fun we enjoy doing it but later on we're actually gonna do a segment called nathan's bag log entirely dedicated to the games i've never finished and there's a lot of them and there are that that might give you an idea of how good i am at video games so rob how are we gonna start this off i know you kind (laughs) of came up with this idea i'm gonna give you the lead all right, so I was just kind of thinking, you know, as much as we as gamers like to pretend like we're the best gamer in the world, and also, you know, a lot of video games are designed around the idea that they make you feel like you are the coolest dude on the planet, right? Yeah. I mean, they make, they're designed with you're the superhero, hero of the game, the main protagonist, and you can do whatever you want. But as we all know... We suck at video games in general. I mean, we're, Nathan and I, yeah, we're probably the worst of the three of us. Um, and depending on the game, I'm better than Nathan in some games, and Nathan's better than me at some games as well. And so we kind of go back and forth on that one. Yep. But, so we're just going to kind of jump in here and just talk about some of, I guess, just some of our fails. 
and some of the hardest bosses we've faced, and often the hardest bosses we faced, we're mentioning them because they are kind of our biggest fails. Yeah. yeah. As well. So uh, I I think I'll just kick it off with an easy one. Okay. Um, <laughs> so Assassin's Creed. Okay. I love Assassin's Creed, particularly some of the older ones. Uh, this was a more common occurrence. Uh, Assassin's Creed sets yourself up as like this super cool assassin. You are the coolest guy out there. You can kill whoever you want. You run along rooftops and then jump off and do this like amazing like triple backflip pirouette spin thing and then stab the two guys at the bottom. I cannot tell you how many countless times I've done this like epic run along the roof and I've actually you know and that in itself is actually pretty impressive being able to actually run across the roofs especially in some of the older games running across jump to kill the main villain and freaking kill the guy next to him (laughs) (laughs) and then the main guy that I'm supposed to kill is running away and then you're getting desynchronized I did that so many times in the first game particularly but I, I've done it in every single Assassin's Creed game since. I have definitely re- done this epic move and then just come across and just missed. <laughs> Rob, let me give you props for at least killing one of the bad guys. Because when I play <laughs> Assassin's Creed, it's more like run run across the roof. Oh, I want to get down. Oh, no, wait. I want to go down, not up. Why are you jumping? Then I go down, go down, go down. Fall. Crack. Oh, they see me. They're running away. Oh, they're getting away. Desynchronized. Guards are attacking me. I'm dead. I gotta restart it. So, you're doing better than me, if that makes you feel any better. But, I know Assassin's Creed kind of has a... Online, there's kind of a, like, a thing to people being like, it's supposed to look like this, but actually, it ends up looking like this. Um, yeah, and in the newer that, games, they fix that kind of with how they do traversal going up and down. It's yeah. gotten a lot better, for sure. But, I mean, even in some of the newer ones, you'll do this awesome, like, parkour, like, spin yourself up, like, monkey yourself up a building, run across the top, like, yeah. pull out your pistol, shoot this guard, flip a dagger into this one, you're like, dude, I'm so awesome, and then go to jump off the roof and just miss <laughs> uh, that's always the best All Assassin's right. Creed is one of those games to just add it just gives itself up for the worst fails ever yep yep um one of mine uh so I was playing Skyward Sword now Skyward Sword <laughs> I was incredibly excited for I bought it day one I got the special edition with the soundtrack and all that the gold case and it took me one year to beat Skyward Sword. Um, <laughs> part of that is because I'm dumb at puzzles. Part of that is because I'm bad at bosses. And part of that is just because I'm lazy. But I want to talk about being bad at bosses. So there's a boss. I forget his name, but um, there's a dungeon kind of in the sand um, sea area of the game where basically you're on this like lost pirate ship Um, It's sailing in a sea of sand, and about halfway through, you have to fight this boss who has a... He's like a giant skeleton, basically. He has a big shield, um, and part of the mechanic of the boss fight is you have to block his attack and then counterattack with your sword. Um, Now, Skyward Sword, 
for the first time ever, introduce breakable shields. So you could actually break your shield. Well, I didn't want to break my shield, so I was like, I'm just not going to use it. So I went through, like, probably about 20, 30 hours of the game so far, like, using my shield maybe three or four times total. So I never used it. Now I have to fight this boss where I can block with my shield. Oh, and to block with my shield, I have to punch the nunchuck forward, basically, to block. And, as you guys know, motion controls aren't always super responsive. Cut to about 45 minutes um, after I started fighting him. I've died probably about seven times. And Seven? Well, Let's be more honest, realistic. Maybe like 77, something like that. <laughs> I've doubted a lot. That's the point. And I'm finding this guy. Rob and I were over his shoulder watching him play this, and oh. we were just dying laughing during this yes, part. <laughs> you were. You were very entertaining. Anyway, so I'm fighting him. I'm doing pretty good. I get him down. He's about maybe a quarter of health left. And I just, I'm like, I need to block him one more time to get the final hit in and kill him. And I can't get the block. I just keep missing, like, mistiming it, or I do it, and it doesn't register on my shield that actually did it. I'm like, no. Finally, he kills me. I get so upset, I chuck the Wemo and Nunchuck across the room, and I'm like, I'm so mad at you! I'm blocking you! And this is a PG-13 warning. Explicit content coming... I'm blocking you with my dick. I'm going to dick you. And I went on to curse in a <laughs> wide variety of streams. But yeah, that boss will always be remembered as one of my worst boss fights. It's just so hard. Just It was just so funny because he really was. He was screaming at the TV, I'm shielding my dick. I will dick you. <laughs> he just lost it. We couldn't, I mean, what do you say to that? Who says that in real life? <laughs> I have no idea. This is, we've all been at that point, the gamer rage. <laughs> I think the most frustrating aspect of that was because it was motion controls. I was like, I'm doing it. Like, I felt like I was doing the action and it wasn't registering. And so that was, was super it, frustrating. Was taking your movement. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um... One of my, uh, back in the day when we were in middle school, one of the most popular MMOs was RuneScape. Um, everyone played RuneScape. You, were, you, you weren't cool if you didn't play RuneScape, at least around my block. I think um, I played RuneScape when I was, like, in fifth grade. I was on top of that, yo. Dude, you're a hipster. But, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, like, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, like, yeah. somewhere in that time period, we all played RuneScape. I mean, let's be honest, we have all done it. Um, and I actually remember I was playing it with my cousin. It was a cool way for my cousin and I, who live, you know, we live, you know, 700 miles away from each other. Um, uh-huh. And we would play RuneScape together, uh, simply because it was something that we could do online, and we could actually talk and hang out and play a game together. So it was super fun that way. Uh, that is the most social interaction games you will probably ever hear me say. <laughs> <laughs> That's impressive, Rob. But we were playing, and we were about to go into this castle, and this is, you know, this is the second version of the RuneScape, guys. So this is like... The graphics aren't great, but it was better than the first one, to be honest. <laughs> and we were, we were going to this castle, and this vampire castle that you had to go through, and it was this quest, you know, and you had to slay the vampire, that sort of thing. And we were going to do it together. We are like, all right, we can do this. Let's do this. 
and we were running nearby, and we saw someone's, like, gear laying on the, the ground. And, you know, in RuneScape, that one, if someone died, and they were gone for a long enough period of time, their stuff just popped up into the world, and you could grab it. Yep. And, I mean, there were no, like, honor rules or anything like that. You just... You got free stuff, and it looked like it was like some of the best armor in the game just laying there. And so we, my cousin, ran over, and he got there, and he started picking it up, and suddenly he just died. And we're like, I was like, dude, wait, what just happened? Well, I'm like, you know, like a good friend, I walked over to get my cousin's stuff. You're so <laughs> nice. So he had some cool stuff. I wanted some of it. And then I noticed what killed him. It was the tree. Literally this tree, like, went and just went, like, whack, like a fly swatter on top of me (laughs) and killed me in one hit. And so I stopped playing RuneScape after that because when a tree can kill you in one hit, it's time to get off. (laughs) Yeah, you're living in a dangerous land if a tree can knock you out. That's bad. And I, I don't even know if that was like a common problem or if it actually was a tree that it was an enemy type or anything like that. And there was no markings on it or anything. It was just standing there and suddenly the tree killed me. <laughs> I wonder if that was like a glitch or if that was meant to be there. I don't know. But I mean, that was definitely one of my... And then, you know, we were so far away from the main... From the castle when you respawn that we lost all of our gear. <laughs> uh, man, that's bad. <laughs> not good at all. Alright. Cool. Okay. My... Hmm, which one do I want to do? Okay. My next fail. Uh, so I was in college. Um, in college, I lived in a house with you, Rob, and Jeff, and, you know, three or four other friends. We all lived together. Anyways, one day I came home from class or work or something like that, and, like, everyone was sitting around and watching Jeff play Mario Brothers 3. Is that what was happening? Mm-hmm. Okay. So Jeff's playing Mario Brothers 3, and he's like, Nathan, let's play the multiplayer mode. Um, let's see who can get the furthest um, in, you know, what? You get three lives or something like that. I was like, okay, yeah, some... sounds good. Yeah. So Jeff goes, I think he beat, like, the first world. He beat the castle and all that stuff. He's like, all right, your turn. So I go, I beat the first level pretty easily. Um, I beat the second level, which was impressive because I hadn't really played Mario Brothers 3 that much growing up. Yeah, we were actually kind of impressed that you beat the, the first two without... You didn't even die, I think. No, I, I think I went straight through. It was yeah, awesome. Yeah, it was impressive. It was one of those epic moments right before. <laughs> the pride <laughs> before the fall, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. Epic before a fail. So I was feeling good. And then you get to the third level, and it introduces the Cheep Cheeps, which is the jumping fish that like to jump out of the water and eat you. And for whatever reason, I didn't know these things existed. So I started running and jumping. I was like, oh, this isn't too bad. Um, you know, I just have to keep above the water, that's all. All of a sudden, the Cheep Cheep, I jump, jumps, scoops me up, takes me underwater, I die. I'm like, what? That's not fair. So I'm like... Give me another try. So do again. I know where it is. I like stop, go forward, stop, jump, jumps up, grabs me again. This goes on for about 30 minutes where I could not complete the level 
even once I found out where all the tube tubes are, where all the fish were, what were the dangerous parts, I still couldn't complete it because every time I like was like, all right, time to jump, I would mistime it every time and the fish would jump up and eat me. It was horrible. That game is... I think there's actually, there's actually a video of me doing it um, on Jeffrey Morris's uh, video channel. Yeah, uh, or YouTube channel. Maybe uh, we'll have to tweet that and, out. If you want to see yeah, our gaming fails, you can see at least one of mine because this video is on YouTube. We'll tweet it out um, on our Twitter account at HeyListen underscore Games after the podcast. Look for it there. Yeah, and I want to point out that while you were doing this, you know, you're explaining it, and you're like, "Oh, I was like, oh, what? I died." But in reality, he was squealing and screaming, and like, <laughs> I mean. The noises that were coming out of him every time he died, I mean, it was the funniest sounds ever. And you you died repeatedly. I think you died, like, 23 times in, like, the first 15 feet of the level. Yeah, I didn't even get, like, halfway through it or anything like that. It was, like, I think the first part. Beat it. What? I think, he, didn't you, you finally got, like, way further into the level and yep. then died to another fish and kind of rage quit. Yep. <laughs> it was really funny. I think I did go back, like, the next day and beat it when no one was around and did it, like, in my second try or something like that. I was like, oh, I just need to be alone and I can focus and be good at it. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I want to point something out here. You know, a lot of the best fails happen when other people are watching you play. You know what? If I can provide entertainment for other people, that's good. It's kind of like those crazy Mario Maker videos people put up of the super hard evil levels um, and yeah. then completing it. Except I just do a normal third Mario level and can't complete it. Well, and if you guys, you know, I don't know if you guys tuned in earlier this year when I did or uh, Christmas time. I did a, a Mario Maker challenge with Jeff, and I basically died over and over and over and over again because platforming games were never my strong point. <laughs> Me I was more of an RPG guy and first-person shooters. And so, doing the uh, doing the doing the Mario Maker challenge, I can see how like you could die repeatedly to the fish because I I don't know if I would do much better. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes me feel better. Thanks. Ryan. I just didn't volunteer to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you were like the sheep who was like, sure, I'll get my head cut off first. It's fine. Or my wool, yeah. I guess. But, yeah. I don't know. Um, Moving I, on. Uh, so one of my, my biggest fails is um, Dragon Age Origins. This was an incredible game. I actually did beat this game. Um, okay. But... I was playing through it. I was playing through it as a mage. Um, I When I play RPGs, I don't play the mage. I like to tank. I like to be the biggest, most baddest, like, big guy, big armor, big weapons. Like, that's kind of how I like to play, just because it's fun to smash things. And this playthrough, I was like, oh, I'm going to try it a little bit differently. So I was doing the mage uh, person, and... I was actually having a lot of fun. I was super powerful. I think I was about halfway through the game. I was, I had like upped all of my friendship levels with all my companions, so I was doing really well. I was do. I had some awesome weapons and everything. I was feeling really good about my playthrough. And somewhere, somehow, I don't know if I got a corrupt file, 
or if I accidentally deleted my file, the next time I went to play Dragon Age Origins, it was gone. Oh, that's the worst. And, like, I mean, this is kind of more of a, like, a, a game system fail. Like, it's not like I did something funny, but it was more like you put all this time into this game and then I accidentally deleted it. Yeah. I mean, like, it would be horrible if your brother or your sister or, like, a sibling, a little sibling deleted your game file or, like, one of your kids deleted your game file because we're more at that age now. Oh, wow. But, but, it would, but when you do it yourself, you just kind of have to sit there and wallow in self-pity for a few minutes before you start over. <laughs> I'm but, impressed you had the, like, I don't know, courage to start over. If that happened, I'd be like, I'm done. I'm not playing this game for like at least a year. So I, I basically just was like, that is so stupid. I really want to play this game. I think I waited like three months before I got back into it. Though. Okay, that that makes so sense. So I just had this little period of I'm the biggest idiot on the planet. I'm stupid. Why would I ever do that? Okay, let's play it again. <laughs> <laughs> solid, solid. Okay. Um, uh, this will be my last one, and then we can talk about maybe, like, some quick shout-outs to hard levels or bosses, um, that yeah, face, maybe. Yeah. Um, so, I never beat Arkham Origins, but I played through probably about half the game, and I think the first real boss fight in that game is, uh, Deathstroke, and the boss fight actually plays out super cool, um, the boss fights in that game are actually one of the best parts of the game. Because um, they're all kind of really different. They require different things and stuff like that. Yeah. But for Deathstroke, basically, how does it work? You're like... Is it it's, a, like it's a combo of blocking repeatedly and quick time. Quick time events, like, yeah. Like, like, yeah, quick time events. But you have to get the, the quick time events are like very specific order, like over A, down yeah. B, or something like that. Yeah, and it's all, like, and, like, most quick time events, you have, like, the button combo appears on the screen, and you get, like, five seconds to think about your life before you push this button. With <laughs> yes. Batman Arkham Origins, Deathstroke, on, like, even the normal difficulty is, like, there's a button, oh, gosh, you missed! Yep. <laughs> so, just want to give a shout-out to Deathstroke, because... I did finally beat him, but it took me about an hour and a half, I believe, of just trying to get the button combination right, missing, saying, I was blocking! And then somehow he hit me and killed me and stuff like that. I remember literally spending an hour and a half trying to beat Deathstroke. He was just a really (laughs) tough boss. Not Shout out to him and his evil ways. And I can't remember why I stopped playing Arkham Origins. Maybe it was because my PS3 died. That might be it. <laughs> yeah, and it was probably the weakest of the series. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't the as far as storyline goes, but sure. Yeah, um, anything else? I just, want to talk give, about? I just want to give a quick shout out to literally any time you're playing a video game and you get stuck. <laughs> We've all been there. It's like me, Zelda, Zelda, Ocarina, Zelda, Ocarina, Zelda Ocarina of Time, Water Temple. <laughs> yeah, and inevitably, what's the first thing that we do? We try it over and over again until we rage quit, and then we look it up. And back in those days, Zelda Ocarina of Time, I remember we had, we bought, like, the Nintendo Prima Guide book itself. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
we bought it specifically because we couldn't beat the water temple level. Oh, really? The wow. first time through. Like, I, <laughs> we purchased it, and I figured out how to beat it. And I have beaten that game a couple of times, actually. It's my favorite Zelda game. It's probably the only Zelda game I've actually beaten start to finish. Uh-huh. But <laughs> the first time through the water temple, I had to look up where to go and how to beat it. And I've, done, I've, I've checked guides on other games, Monkey Island, Limbo. There was a there was one boss that there was one section that even you were struggling with, and I you gave me PS4 or PS Plus share so I could beat it for you because there's just one section in Limbo that I actually literally had to look up because I couldn't beat it. We've all been oh, there, right? That's I mean, right. I forgot about that. playing through Limbo or playing through Zelda particularly or even like Uncharted or Tomb Raider. Like these games that have these huge story stuff and you get to this point where you're sitting there and you're staring at the same spot that you've been for the last 30 minutes and you go, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm going to yeah. look it up. Yep. I think uh, The Lost Woods in Ocarina of Time I think oh, I, yeah. I called my friend from school and was like, do you know how to beat this? Because I couldn't figure out, like, I just kept going out. And he's like, you have to listen to the, you know, to the music. music. And when it gets louder, you yeah. go through the thing. And I was like, I've tried that. I don't think it worked. And I still, like, couldn't do it at that point for some reason. I don't know why. But my, like, eight-year-old ears weren't good enough or something like that. Um, I, I actually think that was I figured out the music. Oh really? Early on, and then I could just run through the level with because I I figured out where each of the which you, like, points memorize the pattern. I memorized the entire Lost Woods because I didn't want to listen to the music every time. Like <laughs> That's speed hilarious. Speedrunner style. I'm memorizing the, where everything is, yeah. but I'm not going to use like, glitches and stuff to get through it. But yeah. yeah, no, the Lost Woods was hard the first time through. Yeah. I also got to give a quick shout out to Metroid Prime because <laughs> I've been lost in that planet so many times and I'm still lost in the planet currently. Um, <laughs> lost, I stopped playing it because I spent like a couple hours going around trying everything and I couldn't figure out where I was supposed to go or what I was supposed to do. So yeah, it's time to look up a guide for that, I guess. Um. So a couple of bosses, some hardest bosses that I've ever played, and I, I really struggled to beat. Uh, my younger self, there was a game called Lego Island. Dude, uh, I love Lego Island. Lego Island was so awesome. I spent so many hours. This is probably one of the first real video games I spent a lot of time in. Um, I mean, like, customizing your cars, building yeah. helicopters. Just the jet ski, um, the jet races ski you could do. Well, the car, the drag race, or like the car race through yeah. the mountain and everything, I could not beat that for the longest time. The stupid skeleton that would kick you. Oh, the one that comes down from the ceiling? Yeah. That was even. Oh. You always had to drive, like, uh, either right in between his legs, because he would kick, and you could drive between his legs, but I couldn't, didn't figure that out for the longest time. It took me a while to finally figure it out, but once I figured it out, I could dominate. Um, but the Brickster, so the final part of the game is the Brickster, uh, spoiler alert, this game's been out for 24 years, 23 years. If you haven't played it, you're probably not going to at this point. And it's a kid's game, so let's be honest. 
the brickster at the final part of the game he gets out of jail because you delivered a pizza to him and he uses it to melt the bars which i mean legos seriously it was a spicy pizza rob spicy spicy pizza and he goes on this rampage and i spent hours trying to catch him again i mean like literally it's like a mission you can probably complete in maybe 30 minutes no it's like 10 minutes it's not that long you just have to follow him in the ambulance and then you go and which part did you mess up on that's my question i found all the pieces for the helicopter yeah Oh yeah, and like the donuts, you know, you have to throw the pizzas at the brickster and throw the donuts at the cops. Yep, yep. And I always messed up that part. Really? That part? I think it took me longer to find the pieces um, and assemble the helicopter. Um, the part of doing that, like, I think I beat it the first time once you could throw the pizzas and the donuts. Um, at the cops right. and the brickster. I thought it was pretty easy. Well, I, so. I think I was like six or seven when I yeah. was playing this. So I was pretty little, and I don't think my brain didn't compute. Not, like, it didn't compute to drive the helicopter, throw the pizzas, and do the donuts. Like, I couldn't get all three <laughs> of those. And so I just would lose the brickster every time. And then also finding the helicopter pieces was super hard. But that was probably one of the hardest, like, the first, like, childhood rob boss that i couldn't beat (laughs) (laughs) oh man that's awesome that's awesome well speaking of uh fails and hardest bosses and not completing games um we're gonna do a quick session of nathan's backlog to game this is where i bring a game and talk about a game that i own but have not beaten and there's quite a few of these uh the one i want to talk about today is uh fairly new to the backlog i bought it last black friday so you know eight months ago now and it is a fallout 4 so i had never played a fallout game before um i'd heard a lot about fallout 3 had a lot of friends who liked it um it was like ah it's a little too sci-fi rpg for me i didn't know if i would like it and but fallout 4 came out it got a ton of good press and reviews and a lot of people liked it and stuff like that so i bought it for cheap like 15 bucks on black friday started playing it the reason i think i was excited because i love skyrim like i love that game and all the quests and i really love the setting and music and stuff like that and so i was like oh this is the same team it's different setting and different story and stuff like Mm -hmm. that but i think i can get into it so I started playing, uh, I think I only played it like maybe four hours or something like that. <laughs> Got to basically the part where you're facing your first death claw. Oh, yeah. And I couldn't beat it. Like, I used all my stim packs. Um, your health doesn't regenerate. You have to use stim packs. I used all of those, was taken out with like my best guns and stuff like that, and it would still kill me. And I just got super frustrated. I was like, this isn't fun. I put it down. I went back one time, started playing it, tried to to beat it again. Didn't get any better. I think I just knew to go back and kind of level up and go around the world and do other stuff. But I don't know. The story, it didn't grab me. I wasn't like, oh, I'm super interested to see what happens. The world, like, it's kind of cool, but I'm not super into post-apocalypse and it, um, so that wasn't really interesting to me. So mm-hmm. 
It's a cool game. I don't know if I'll ever go back to it. Maybe if, like, Rob's around, I'll be inspired, because you love Fallout, so... Yeah, actually, you know, I've been playing through Fallout 3, and one of my... We're probably going to do this really soon, guys, so be tuning in. We're going to do a uh, check-in on how we're doing on our resolutions. We made some resolutions at the very start of the year, and one of my resolutions was to play through Fallout 3 and finish it. Um, Ooh, I started it last year, and I don't think I've played it in a few months, partially because, I mean, I love the game, but I got stuck. I got stuck in this room where this mutant, basically, there's like five mutants, and they all just tear me apart. And I, I'm really high level, actually, and so, like, the first time I met a Deathclaw in Fallout 3, yeah. I ripped it apart. I met, like, five of them, actually, at the same time, and I just destroyed them, and I sat there and went, those are Deathclaws? That was easy. But, yeah, if you're really low level, they suck. Yeah. They're was hard. They're, they're one of the hardest guys. I think they are the hardest bad guy in the game for the most part. Okay. Except for some of the ones that might have more health. So, since you've played, you know, a lot of Fallout 3 at least and stuff like that, tell me on it, Rob. Why should I keep playing this game? Why shouldn't I leave it in my backlog? See, I think the thing about Fallout that is different from Skyrim. Skyrim, it's a fantasy world. You basically can go wherever you want and do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like with swords and dragon shouts, which is super cool. But Fallout is like that sci-fi apocalypse setting that you know every movie nowadays wants to explore. Plus, it also has that sense of the RPG elements of the leveling up, which is a lot of fun. But I think the coolest part about Fallout is just exploring. I mean, I found so many little random things and super fun little side quests. I mean, I've barely touched the main quest of Fallout 3. I'll be honest. I'm actually forcing myself to play the main quest of Fallout 3 so I can beat it before the end of 2017. <laughs> Guys, it's June. I'm not that close. <laughs> but <clears throat> the uh, like the that's the thing. Like Fallout is like Skyrim in that, only you have guns is that the point is not to play the story necessarily. It's to create your own adventurer, run around the woods of the Fallout world, and blow stuff up with a fat man. I mean, seriously, you get a nuclear launcher later, and you can use you can put, like, teddy bears in it and launch <laughs> teddy bears at people's face and kill them with teddy bears. I mean, that that's that's a selling point in it of itself, right? That there. is a good selling Jeff, point. Um, Jeff, Jeff in the comments is in, agree. in the comments, and he's like, nope. Not worth it. World is boring. Um, I don't know what to say. See, that sounds cool, but I guess I just wish you could just regen health and you didn't have to use steam packs. Because yeah. I kept feeling like I had to either find the materials to craft steam packs, um, or I would use all of mine and run out. And then I was basically yeah. screwed if I couldn't I think make Fallout it. Fallout is not as fun at lower levels. So um, it's fine to get that. higher. Yeah, because right now, I mean, even right now, as my character, I have probably three or four hundred stem packs. Wow. So, so you know, you're basically fine. Yeah, if I encounter a really bad boss, I can just sell a bunch of stuff and get more stem packs. You know, you can buy all these stem packs and you can craft all these stem packs, like, the higher level you get. Mm -hmm. So, I think the higher level you are, the more fun it is, because you can destroy things more effectively. I mean, it's the same with Skyrim. When you first start out, other than the epic fact that you're swinging a mace at someone's face. Yeah. It's hard. And as you get higher level, you get more abilities, you get stronger, you can one-shot people, you can 
you know, decapitate people in an epic animation thing. And so I think the higher level you are, the better it is. So I have to grind through the lower levels to get to the fun? Yeah, and I mean, I ground, when I was doing the grinding, I actually, because I was doing so many of the side quests, yeah. I just looked down one day and was like, oh, I'm level 30. <laughs> that is pretty <laughs> crazy. So it's not necessarily like a, you got to go out and kill 7,000 rats yeah. to get to level 20. Yeah. You can do it by just doing side quests. I think that's part of the Fallout world that's the most fun is that you can just go do whatever you want. Same with Skyrim. You could just go, yeah. like, hey, there's a cave. I'm going to explore that and discover that the thieves in there are, you know, 14 levels above you. Yeah. So. Yeah. Jeff's saying uh, in the comments uh, he doesn't like how unpolished Bethesda games are. Um, he thinks they get a free pass because they're kind of jaggy and glitchy and stuff sometimes. Um, there's always some of that for sure, but the games are so big. Yeah. I think that's people why are like, oh, I can understand because there are huge open world games. Um, and I was listening to a podcast recently, actually, and the person was like, you know, there's Link costumes using the Amiibo and Skyrim on Switch. That's either going to be the most polished Bethesda game ever or the most unpolished Nintendo game ever because Link isn't it, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> That's really funny. Because <laughs> so, Nintendo usually polishes their games more than... They're very polished. Else. And yeah. I mean... And, you know, the, the nature... Uh, the biggest difference, though, is a lot of times uh, Breath of the Wild apart. Because Breath mm-hmm. of the Wild is such a huge world and it's so... Um, there's so many factors playing into it. Uh, Nintendo games tend to be very fixed in what they have in them. There's not a lot of, like, not a lot runs outside of the general, this is how the game works. Yeah, that's... And, you know, and, like, Elder Scrolls and Fallout are so, this is an open world where everyone's doing literally their own thing. And to say that that open of a world won't have glitches is kind of, like... You know, I mean, it's a miracle. It would yeah. be it would be literally a miracle for a game of that size and capacity to have absolutely no glitches. Yeah, it would take. I mean, other than doing development for thirteen years before you release your game. Yeah, they do a good <laughs> job too of kind of patching yeah. their game once it comes out and fixing those bugs and mm-hmm. glitches that get found and stuff like that. So, I mean, sometimes you just have to wait a while before you jump in and you're good to go. And, I mean, that's true with a lot of AAA games nowadays, is we rush to a finish, we pop this game out, it's super glitchy, Assassin's Creed Unity, Assassin's Creed <laughs> Game, Arkham Knight. <laughs> I mean, like, these games come out and we go, wow, this is terrible, they're so glitchy, oh my gosh, I'm never going to play it, and then they get a patch a few months, you know, or a, a few days, weeks later, and then they get updated, and then they get another patch, you know, and they kind of polish it over time, and then after, you know, you can buy that big game of the year edition and typically that's so polished and well off that the game's more or less fun so so just wait buy your games when they go on sale for 20 bucks instead of buying day one you'll have a better experience all right uh let's quickly talk about what we're playing this week rob um what have you been doing all right so in the nature of um playing through my steam library obviously i mean i did play mass effect andromeda this last week so that's obviously a stable of my gameplay development lately 
I need to finish that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the nature of just playing through my game log, I played uh, a game called 80 Days. I actually was, um, I actually, this is kind of sad. I added a game after I already beat the numbers. But this was one of those games that was actually on my Steam wish list, and I only have like seven or eight games on my Steam wish list, and so it went on sale for like two dollars, and so I was like, I have to get this game now. Okay. And so I played it. Basically, it is, um, if you know the story of Around the World in Eighty Days, <gasps> it is game only in like a steampunk futuristic setting. So there's like, or it's like steampunk. But it's, like, set right after World War II. Ooh, that sounds So there's, like, the Soviet Union is still in existence. The, you know, they have, like, they have, like, flying, like, the Zeppelins, the flying blimps and all that stuff. They have uh, robots everywhere. There's, like, the steampunk aspect of it. And it's actually, I actually, to be honest, this is kind of funny. I played it twice for about 45 minutes each. And I've already gone around the world in 80 days. Wow. So I already it so it's a fast game? Uh, for the most part, yeah. I And actually, I did it faster. I made it around the world in 69 days. Wow. Saved 11 days. And I actually got an achievement what, for doing that. What kind of game is it? Is it like a top-down game? Like, how does the it, gameplay work? It's like... you ever play that game Ticket to Ride? Yes. I love that Board game. Board game? Okay. Just like that. Like, you have to figure, you have to calculate how much money it would cost, you know, you have, like, 4,000 pounds to start with, and you have to figure out, like, this is how far, you know, this is how much money I have, you can get items and sell them, and some places you can sell them for more, they're more valuable than others, you can pick up some, like, stuff that'll help you travel faster or better, you can pick up, like, railroad pass cards that will show you every railroad system throughout, and you actually have to converse with people, you have to talk to people to figure out what the next route will be. The map's not revealed. You have to, you'll see the cities, and you'll know, I need to get from this city to this city, but you won't know how to do that, and so you actually have to converse with people on, like, the, the trains or on the boats or on the airplanes or, like, in the city. You have to explore and talk to people, like, how do I get out of this city? How do I get from this point to this point? And they'll give you hints and tips, and they'll have so there's, like, some side missions and quests and stuff that they'll kind of throw at you and, like you know, Jesse James robs the train you're on. Or, like, stuff like that. Oh, that sounds really fun. I love Ticket to Ride, so it sounds yeah, cool. It's like, it's like a super indie game, but I saw it a while ago, and I was like, dude, that looks really fun. And now playing it, it lives up to the expectations. So this is a game that I would say, like, I've been doing this on my on my um challenge. It's I play 20 minutes, and after 20 minutes, if it's not holding my interest, I drop it like it's hot. I literally played almost two hours of this game. Uh-huh. And this is a indie game, and I loved it. So, there you guys go. 80 Days. Check it out on Steam. Super fun. That's um, awesome. And then, so last week I announced that I was going to be playing through the next game on my A through Z list is actually Telltale's Back to the Future games. Yep. Uh, which is a five-episode series, and I've already beaten the first two. It's... Not as fun as The Walking Dead. Okay. This was before The Walking Dead, right? This is before The Walking Dead, yeah. Okay. And it's not as fun as The Walking Dead, um, in part for one thing. 
story is very fleshed out. It's kind of cool how, because Back to the Future is all about twists and tags, and we have to go back to the future to go to the past to fix the present to fix the future. Okay. You know, that sort of a super complicated timeline. And yes, like, yes. You're avoiding, you know, you're both your past self and your present self and your future self are all standing in the same room, and you have to make sure none of them see each other. Like, that sort of thing. And, and so that's kind of cool and fun. But what it does that doesn't do that The Walking Dead does is The Walking Dead is a super fleshed out, like, your choices matter. What you If you choose to kill this person, then you don't have that person with you for the rest of the game, and you don't have their ability. Like, you, you lose stuff if you make decisions. Like, your decisions have gravity. Mm-hmm. And in Back to the Future, it's more typecasted. It's almost like more playing through uh, Monkey Island or something like that. Like, it's more... There's one way to solve the puzzle. Oh. There's one way to make it through the storyline. So it doesn't have a kind of the branching storylines and different decisions. It doesn't have, if you make the decision here, you just messed up the entire timeline and now you have to go back and fix it, which would be fun in a Back to the Future game, but it doesn't have that. So yeah. I would say that's kind of a disappointing element is my decisions don't change things. Yeah, but it still is That is disappointing because I feel like. That's what the Telltale games are all about, is seeing how your decisions affect the world and how it plays out differently from someone you might know, stuff like that. Yeah, and I think it, while that seems to like it would hurt the gameplay itself, it actually has been really enjoyable, partially because most of the voice actors from the Back to the Future trilogy voice the characters in the game. Oh, that's so a lot cool. of like the familiar voices or a lot of film familiar characters. You get to see some of the stuff like it's just been really cool to see how it flushes out and how it plays out. And so there's so far I'm in I'm actually enjoying myself. Mm-hmm. And I will finish the last three episodes um, just because they have a twist at the end of every episode. This one I was able to predict, but it still is pretty cool to see it happen and yeah, what it does to the future. Cool, sweet. So, just quick shout out. Speaking of Steam, uh, the summer sales going on right now. So there's tons of great deals on there if you want to spend some money and add some great games to your life. But uh, we had the creator of Rivals of Aether, Dan Fornassi, I believe is how you pronounce his name. We had him on our show a couple episodes ago. I think it was episode forty nine. Um, and his game, Rivals of Aether, is on sale for half price right now. Uh, it's seven fifty, I believe. So go check out that game. That game's really fun. Rob, I think you bought it, right? Um, I bought it before the sale, though. Oh, sad, um, sad. But I, I knew I was buying it before the sale, and I knew yeah. that I really wanted to play the game right away. And so I, I that's a fun game. Check it out, guys. That yeah. is super fun. And if you like Super Smash Bros. This is that same highly technical combat and fun, fast-paced, elemental-based combat. Check it out, Rivals of Aether. Yep. And there's also some good sales on the PlayStation Network right now. I think I saw uh, God of War is, like, less than $5. It's 4 bucks if you have PlayStation Plus. Um, Batman is also only, like, 5 6 bucks or something like that. So go check out those deals. See if there's anything you like. Uh, anything else you're playing, Rob? That's all I've been playing this week. I didn't have a lot of time to play a lot of extra games. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, what you I, play, Nathan? Uh, 
I'm playing two different things. Uh, one is Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, like I said, I started that a couple weeks ago. Um, I'm up to level 17 now, I think. So, having a lot of fun. Um, been advancing through the main quest. Uh, it's really, really interesting. Like I said that's before, the story kind of really pulls you in and drives you and stuff like that. So, And the gameplay is just super fun. So, really enjoying that still and then been getting into overwatch a lot lately i think i've played it the last three days and had a lot of fun playing with friends and just jumping into um they had a low gravity mode for a while which was really cool mm -hmm. and um i kind of took a break from playing it for a while so jumping back in in has been really neat as well yeah i actually just picked up horizon zero dawn um it was on sale on amazon today um 40 bucks and so i was yeah it was about 40 bucks it was 39.99 and so i was like you know what i know it'll go on sale later this year but i can't wait to play this game so as soon Dude. as i finish mass effect that's probably going to be the next game i play you're gonna love that game it's really fun well with I'm that i'm super excited yeah with that that is our show for the week so remember go follow us on twitter at Hey, listen, underscore games, especially if you want to see a video of me sucking at Super Mario Brothers 3. Um, <laughs> we'll make sure to post out. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and then also, if you guys have some fails that you've had happen to you while you're playing games or you've done that are just epic or otherwise, be sure to hit us up on Twitter, tweet at us, give us a, give us a shout out at Hey, listens, underscore games. And tell us, what is some of the biggest fails you've had in video games? We'd love to hear your stories, and we'll retweet some of the best ones. Yep. And to celebrate the SNES Classic being um, announced and coming with Star Fox and Star Fox 2, we will leave you with the Corneria theme from the original Star Fox on the Super Nintendo. See you guys. See ya. <laughs>